The Bokotov, today's daf is daf Lamed Beis in the Gil as we finish the Masech Bezrat Hashem. Again, we learn for a four shlem for Yosef Hazriel ben Chaim Michal and Elazar ben Reumar. <clears throat> From the top of the page, Tanar Rabbanan, Hoseach Baroah. How do you, when you get up to make an ali, to get an aliyah, what's the procedure? What do you do? So the Brahisa tells us that you open it up, right? You, see, you look at the place where you're going to start laning. Usually the Balkari points it out to you in our times when you don't read it yourself. Uh, Golel, then you roll it back, and then you make the bracha. In other words, you open it up, you see the place where you're going to start, you see the, uh, the Chabadniks want to see the beginning and the end, and uh, you roll it back, and then you make the bracha. After you make the bracha, you open up again, obviously, to be able to read it. Diver of Meir. Rabbi Yudomer, no, Rabbi Yudah says, you don't do that. You don't roll it back, you open it up, you see the place to read, and you make the bracha. You do it that way. You don't close it back up. What's the reasoning for these, this machlokas? My time in Rameir. And again, usually in machlokas, Rebuta Rameir, we saw yesterday, we passed him like Rebuta. My time in Rameir. What's Rameir's reasoning? Could Ula, like Ula explained elsewhere, the one who reads the Torah should not help or aid the Metorgum and the translator. He should rather... Uh, let the let the translator do his job and don't you do any translation. Why? So people shouldn't think that Targum Torah. If the Balkaris also says the translation, people might think that the translation is written in the Torah too. You have such people, Amaratsam, whatever, they might think that. So in order to prevent them from doing that, the Balkari does not do the translation at all. That's left for a different person. And as Moshe has said today, even in the Teimanim, they do that today. The children or somebody else does the translation, but not the Balkore. People shouldn't think it's in the Torah. So for that reason, you said that by translating, people shouldn't think that the brachas uh, the are actually in the Torah. So when you open up the Sefer, you look where you're going to start, then you close it, you roll it back, like many people do. I do that. That's been our minute you know, for me. You know, most, I think most people roll it back. You know, you see where it is, you, you close it, the... Usually the Balkari might close it himself. You close it, you make the bracha. Why didn't you just leave it open? So people shouldn't think that the brachas are written in the Torah. People shouldn't think that. That's her mayor's reasoning. Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda says, no, you leave it open. When it comes to the translation, people might think the Torah has the, the words itself in Hebrew, the, in the Lashon, in the, uh, in the, in the Ashura's type. And besides that, uh, that might be the translation too. But brachas like limit, everybody knows that the brachas are much later that you make a bracha, that's not written in the Torah. Hashem, the, the, there's no place in the Torah where it tells you what bracha to make. Everybody knows that, so there's no mistake in there for you keep it open. You see many people today, what they do is they look the other way, right? They open it up and they leave it open like Rabbi Yehuda, because usually you pass in like Rabbi Yehuda, right? And Rav Zeyra says, I'm Rav Zeyra, I'm Rav Masna Alocha. The Alocha is... Like Rabbi Yudah, the Pasech, you open it up, you look where you're going like, we, to read from, you make the bracha, and Bekorah, you don't close it, right? So just like we had yesterday, at the end of the daf, Rabbi Zayra said, the end of yesterday's daf, what do we say? That um, uh, the, what, what do we do on Shabbos afternoon? We read the next week's parsha, and we start from there again on Monday. We start from there again on Thursday, and we start from there again the next Shabbos. You don't just pick it up from where you left off on Shabbos afternoon or Monday or Thursday. You don't pick it up from there. So that's Rabbi Yehuda's opinion, right? That you start over again. And, and Rabbi Zayra said over there, halacha, the halacha is like Rabbi Yehuda. So here also he says the halacha is like Rabbi Yehuda, but he doesn't say like Rabbi Yehuda. He says the halacha is you open it, you see it. This is what Rabbi Yehuda says. 
Why didn't just say the Gemara said the same thing? The last few words of yesterday's daf were Why didn't he just say? Why didn't Reb Zayir say? Here it's in the name of Reb Masa. Yesterday he said it just in his own name. Reb Zayir said himself that the halachas like Rabbi because some people might make a mistake. Many times, again, the Torah was the Torah was oral in those days, and they made a mistake. They, oh, there's a machlitz of Rabbi but they forget who said what. So you might think that Rabbi is the one who said that you close it. Now halachas, you don't have to close it. So again, what many people do is they want to go like Rabbi They open it up, and then they look over here. You know, they don't look at the Torah. They look on the side as if to say, "I'm going like Rabbi but I'm smart enough that people shouldn't think that I'm reading the bracha." From the uh, from the Torah, but uh, I think the minute of most Ashkenazim is, you know, that you close it and you say the brachas that way. Either way, it's not a. Uh, either way you do it, you have to, you know, you shouldn't make people mistake. Maybe maybe Rabbi Yehuda felt in those days nobody made such a mistake. Today maybe there's bigger amaratsim in the shul or people who don't know anything and they might think the brachas are in there. So he said better better maybe to close it in this way. Your yotzei v'chaladeis. Um, Rav Zera, Um, Rav Masna. Another thing that Rav Zayr said in the name of Masna, this isn't what we're talking about exactly, but he says, the, the luchos and the bimos. What are the luchos, luchos and the bimos? So Rashi says, luchos lo yadati mahen. Fourth line in Rashi, I don't know what they are. Luchos means boards. It's made for our books. They're not made in scrolls. So maybe these are like shelves. Maybe they're like that. Tosis brings down some other ideas. Uh, there's some sort of shells. But Rashi says, Again, this is the humility of Rashi when he's, you know, Rashi opened up the whole Torah for us, but he says, I don't know what they are. So again, um, uh, yesterday, this is just reminds me, yesterday we had in the Gemara that um, the humility of the Rabbanu Shalom, right? We said, where we find Hashem's might, you also find his humility. And he quoted, you know, you find in the Torah, and after it says, and the same, and I said then that we say this uh, at Kiddush Levana, made a mistake. Moish Smith pointed out, it's not Kiddush Levana, it's V'yit Lecha. I know he said it on Saturday night on Matzah Shabbos, but I mixed it up. It's not in Kiddush Levana. These words are in V'yit Lecha. If you say V'yit Lecha, the minute of many people say V'yit Lecha, um, in uh, on, on Matzah Shabbos, and uh, I picked up a minute years ago from my, my friend the Chabadnik that uh, I do it with my wife that because it says Vitent Lacha, so we say it we say it together on Matzah Shabbos. But then the Vietis I think say it in Shul, some say it in Shul before Aleinu. It's different in Hagamah. Some people say it on their own. Some people, a, don't, say some people don't say it at all. <laughs> I guess uh, that's why I guess people didn't correct me yesterday when I said it's in Kiddush Levon, it's in Be'it L'cha. Anyway, it's a nice minute to say it with your wife. You say it together, Be'it L'cha. Hashem will give to you. To each of us, we say it to each other. Okay. In any case, Aluchas uh, Babimos, Ein Ba'amishum Kedusha. So he says, the Bimas, Rashi says the Bima is the uh, is like the stage, what we would call the stage, where they stand. Uh, they would make like a stand, like a, a, a platform. Some say that the beam is like, you know, where we have, where we go up to lane the Torah. Anyway, he says, though themselves, they don't, don't, don't have any Kedusha. Uh, the Tosas brings down one idea. They talk about this part of the scroll where there's no writing on it. That doesn't, he discounts that. Okay, so when you roll a Sefer Torah and you're doing this on your own, and it's, it seems to me that um, this could be speaking about maybe if they had the Atzei Chaim or they didn't have the Atzei Chaim. 
the, the wooden uh, posts that we have today, um, we have it in the Ashkenazi Sefer Torahs. We all have that, right? We have the, the, wooden, the wooden posts or sticks that you have and they're made fancy or whatever. So here maybe he's not relating to that. They might have had it or may not have had it. It could be that they didn't have them. Like the Sephardi Sifre Torah, which are just enclosed in a box of some sort. And there's the, they don't have these Atzei Chaim. They're not picked up that way. So first he says, when you roll it together, you should close it on the seam. In other words, when you open it, you, when you open it, make sure that it's on a seam. So when you close it, Rashi says, this is, makes it good and tight. Alam say it could be because if you close it not on a seam, you might come to tear it. So, and, and, or, or you'll be so careful that you, know, you don't want to tear it so it doesn't close well. So it's better if it's on the seam. And this way, if it does tear, you're not tearing the, you're not tearing the cloth. You're not tearing the cloth. You're just tearing the, uh, the part that's sewn there. So he says, that's the first thing. You should close it on the seam. You should do it from the outside, not on the inside. What are we talking about here? You, go, you roll it from the outside, not from the inside. So Rashi says, we're talking about a person who is rolling the Sefer Torah by himself. And he puts it on his lap because he can't do it. He's doing it by himself. So he puts it on his lap. So he says, when you roll it, hold the, the part that's outside, the part that's you know further away, that's on your knees, not the part that's closer to your thighs, but closer to your knees, roll that part. Because if you roll the part that's closer to your body, the other part might roll down and hit the floor. So he says, number one, when you, you do it on the outside, meaning that the scroll, that the scroll is in two rolls now, right? You know, it's, it's rolled, so there's two sides. So the part that's closer to you is the inside. The part that's that's further away from you is the outside. So roll the outside, because if you roll the inside, trying to move it, the other part might roll onto the floor if you don't have two people doing it, if one person's doing his lap. If you're, if you're doing it alone. This isn't This is, no, here, here you're talking about, you're moving it from one section to another. You're reading in the, uh, you're, you're reading in Shmos or something and you want to move to Dvarm or something like that. That's what Rashi says that, um, that when you do it, you're moving it, you're moving it, Inyan Inyan. From one section to another, and you're alone. Who yachid? The sefer Torah Birk, if it's on your knees. So go over chutzalo. You move the the pillar or the, the the you know the pillar that's on the outside. We call that a pillar, like whatever you know, the outside, the part that's rolled outside. Go If you hold the inner one and you roll, the other one might fall down. That's one suggestion that he gives. Uh, today, you know, you wouldn't you wouldn't do that. I mean, today with the atzichayim, I know I do that all the time. I learned from my son, Chaim Baruch, that you roll it by yourself. You just stand it up on a, on a good stand. Then you can roll it yourself. It actually works better even than two people. Two people are fighting against each other. You're doing it too fast, too slow, too strong, too, uh, too weak, whatever. Anyway, so that's one thing that he says. You go, Mahadko, and when he seals it, when he, when, he, when he tightens it, right? When he tightens it, when he fastens it, Mahadko Bibifnim, do that on the inside. Now, what does he mean by that? So here Rashi says, now you finish rolling it. You got in the right spot. And now you want to just, you know, you want to fasten it and put it away. What he should do is this. Now he's got it all together. Listen carefully. He's got, he's got it in the right spot. He doesn't have to roll it anymore. He just wants to close it. So he says he should roll it. Apparently, you know, think of the way the Spartan, I, I give an example because I think the Spartan, most of the Spartan close. Follow it better than, than the Ashkenazim. 
he's got it now in, in at the right spot, right? And he's holding it up. So he says he should roll the inside. In other words, he should, it, 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 he's not necessarily he's holding it up or he's holding it on his lap, right but people could see it. The writing. the writing is facing up. So he wants people to be able to see it. So he says, now it's in one spot. You're not, there's no danger of it falling off anymore because he's got it where he wants it. But he should now roll the inside, the one that's closer to him, close that up so people could still see the ksav, people could see the writing. Whereas if he reaches over to his knees, to the other side, he's blocking them from seeing it. And it's important for people to see it. Like we do Hagba, Zosa Torah, and the Svartim also do. I think they do it before, before the leaning, they pick it up and they do the Zosa Torah, right? So they, either way, you're showing, you're showing them the, 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 the ksav, you're showing them the writing. So that's how Rashi learns. Yeah. No, okay, let's 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 okay, let's let's talk about it. there is only one thing. Golel means what we call high. Okay. Right. When we have a kid help, that's just that's right. just because you know, because it's hard for the Ashkenazim to do it on their own right. if they haven't davened at my place for, for a while, if they don't know how to do it on their own, right? But but uh the, 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 kid, the kid who gets Galila or whoever you get Galila to, that's not, when we say Gol, it means the one who picks it up and puts it away. That's really the what we call the Makdia. The Gemara calls it Golel, but it really means the person who is honored with picking it up and showing it to everybody and putting it together. So you have somebody else help him because, uh, because he can't do it on his own. Okay, so number one, we saw that if you're rolling it on your knees, hold the outs and make sure it doesn't fall on the floor. Mahatko, Mahatko Mifnim, when it's already in the right place, just push it on the inside so people can still see the lettering. That's how Rashi learns. Let him do that and towards the outer one. You shouldn't cover it up as Rosav. It's a mitzvah to show people the lettering. So I don't know how they're seeing it, if it's on his lap or he's holding it up in some way, but do it in a way where you're not blocking the letters. That's what he means. Tosa says, it brings up from the Rabbi Hanano, that he's talking about Shmahatko when you when you tie it, you know, we have like a bendle or a strap or some sort of like that, tie it with a knot, or today we have Velcro or this or that or some sort of a contraption there. Tie it on the inside, meaning the side facing the letters. Why? Because if it's on the outside, when you open it next time, you'll have to put the Sefer Torah face down in order to untie it. You understand? So un- if you put it the safer tower down and the t- the knot or the tie or whatever the velcro is on the back, you'll have to put the safer tower face down, which is disrespectful. That's how he learns. Mahatko, Mahatko, the mifnim on the inside, meaning the side facing the side, like we like we normally right. do, right? Like we do. Okay. Because don't do it on the outside. That's disrespectful. That's how Ben Chanal learns. It seems a little bit more uh, logical to me than the way Rosh learns. Asar Shakar, but Torah, 10 people reading the Torah. Rosh says it's got to be 10 people because you don't read the Torah unless you have 10 people, but he just says it that way. The mitzvah is you give it to the greatest among them. The guy who Hagba is the one who is greatest. Uh, in, in our terminology, I would say give it to the guy who's least likely to drop yeah. it. Right? That's, that's, that's more important, right? But, but still, uh, you give it to the guy who, uh, the Shabbat, he's the one who. Does Hagba, Hagba Glila, let's call it. Okay. Agolo notos kulan. And the one who does that, he gets the schar of everybody, everybody who had a least. What do you mean? 
the guy who gets Cohen uh, Levi Israel Shlishi Rabbi Hamishi Shish they get no schar he takes all their schar no el emet kibul schar keneged kulam the schar of all of them it's a big schus to get an aliyah so the schar of all of them together they they will um, they will get um, they'll, they'll he, he gets the equivalent schar of all of them okay so that's the idea that he get he gets uh, so that person gets hagman Tosa says over here lefishu kvoda it's proper to give the because he's going to get the, he's the uh, greatest among them. Because that's the, that's the, it's, it's, it's proper for him to get the schar uh, of uh, the equivalent schar of all, not that he doesn't diminish from their schar. It just says that the schar of all the alias uh, is connected kulam. And I see uh, Mickey, um, I want to announce for those who didn't see that Mickey became a grandfather again. Mazel tov, Mickey, Mickey's on our anger that um, uh, Yair, our our uh, our Balkore, uh, just had his third child. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's okay. He's going to come here and get a here today. Yeah, good. Okay. Well, why isn't well, what happened on an evolutionary in the evolutionary scale? Why isn't why became like? Okay, so 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 here's so here. This is what we've been discussing really throughout. It's since we've been talking about the Haftorah. Is the Haftorah a good thing or is it a bad thing? Is it a joke or not? So different opinions. Uh, the Gemara's mashma that the Haftorah is not such a big cover, right? And Moshe uh, had said that, um, you know, that in, in, as, as a booby prize, that he usually gets Hagba because the, the last guy would get Hagba and he would make the last bracha. Remember, in the time of the Mishnah, the only, only the coin made the first bracha and the guy who got the last thing made the last bracha. So as a booby prize, he gets to make the last bracha because he's the last one. And he also gets Hagba. It's, it's a booby prize. So it's mashma. And I told you from the Yiddish uh, line that... Uh, it's it's sounds like you know he got a bad deal got a bad deal so uh and unfortunately if you ever saw somebody who was called up to read the haftorah and does a poor job of it it's, it could be an embarrassing situation also we give it to katana we discussed this yesterday discussed it in previous days you give it to a cotton except for the four ones that are you know the four uh and para and, and zahor and uh, chodesh we don't give those to Khan, but otherwise he can get a, a cotton. We said that yesterday he can make a bracha too. You can give it to a cotton, a cotton could get a, a, a haftar. So generally it's not considered a cup, but yet on the other hand, it is. Example, if somebody has yard site, the minig is, the minig, at least among Ashkenazim, is that, that he gets, he does maftar and musaf on the Shabbos before. So uh, it is for some people it's considered that, a cover. It's debatable. Uh, the yeah. is the most, and it became the least, and the mafter is the, yeah, least, yeah. the most. Yeah, it's it's a question of minhagim. Why is it, it, again is she she better or shlishi better? Depends who you ask. You know, it's all these. Uh, Another thing that he said again has nothing to do with this topic over Megillah. We're sort of bringing down a lot of issues at the end of Megillah to this, you know to finish off all these uh, uh, these rules about laning, etc. So he says here, he says another thing that he said is that, how do you know that you can use a baskol today? A baskol means a heavenly voice. You heard a heavenly voice. Okay, we don't hear too many of those today, right? But how do you know that you can use them? It's not considered sorcery. It's not considered nichush. Shinam the Pasuk says, Your ears will hear something from behind you saying, so that you're allowed to. You're allowed to hear. It says your, your ears can hear. If you hear something, you should listen. When would you use a baskol if you're not sure what to do? Uh, last year, you're about to start a new job and you're not sure if you should or you should go to a certain place and you don't know and you hear and, and you hear a voice telling you yes, do it, yes, yes or no, no um, should, could you listen to that? He says, if it's a real Bosco, it's not just some people talking how do you know? 
That's only if you heard something that's not normal. In other words, in a place where there's women talking, let's say in a marketplace where there's all women there talking, blabbering away, and now you hear a voice of a man and there's no man there, then that's a Bosco. Or in, in the in the mid pardon. <laughs> okay. Okay, so here we're talking about where it's not a it's not a hallucination. You actually heard something. You actually heard something. And well, how do you know that you, you heard it? Because it was going to repeat, because it was repeated. Because of that, or in the uh, out in the wilderness, out in the uh, desert, wherever, where there's no, where there women are not usually there, you hear a voice of a woman there. So it didn't come from a real person. And the same way, if you hear it in the place where they're gathering of women, you hear a man talking. So it's you heard something, right? You might be, you know, it might be a hallucination. Depends what you ate that day. But if you if you know, let's say you or you drank, right? But if you but if you know that you're not hallucinating, then you can listen to it. Repeat it a second time. It's not normal. So it was repeated twice. Yes, yes, do it. Or no, no, don't, don't do it. You can listen to that baskel and it's not considered sorcery. If a person who reads in the Torah, uh, and here he's talking about reading the Torah, like, you know, with the truck properly, Vashona, or he learns Torah, he learns Gemara below Zimmer without any song. Right, he does the Gemara Melech. All of the Kasvama, the pasuk says, "Begam Anina Santi Lem Chuk Melotav." There, Yecheskel is talking about sins that the Jews have done, and it's repeating many of the sins. And then he says, "Even the things that I've given you in the Torah, you've also messed those up too." Anina Santi Lem Obviously, those laws Melotav not so good. You're not following it properly because you're not singing it along. Again, in those days when everything was Balpeh, the Torah Shabbat was Balpeh. Uh, so certainly they, the, 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 the melody, the way we learn Torah, you know, hey, nah, nah, you know, you know, all that helps one remember, remember to, to, to say the words properly, to say the, the, the Gemara and Allah is properly. Just because a guy can't sing properly, he can't, doesn't have a good voice and he can't, or he can't even affect the trump. You know, we're talking about, when you're reading the Torah, you're talking about the trump and the Gemara, you're talking about the way we, the sing song that the Gemara goes with, just because the guy can't sing properly, that's the end of that passage. I've given you laws that are not good. You're not going to live with them. So because of that, because he can't sing, these are laws that he's not going to be able to, to live by. That's what you're, you're calling him that. You're applying that passage just because he can't sing. Rather, let's apply that passage to a different Allah. Two Tamir Chum who were living in one city. And they're not respectful of one another in Allah. In other words, instead of a you have to have discussions and stuff like that, but you know, each one tries to outdo the other and doesn't respect the others. And what's going to happen out there, the Allah will be uh, will be messed up because people will just try to say, just to show that they're better, everybody's got a better idea, and Allah will be messed up. About them, the Pasuk says, I'm going to give them uh, uh, ordinances that are not good and laws that they can't live by, meaning that's what's no good. But just because a person can't sing, it's not his fault. He has no voice, and therefore, don't apply that Pasuk. It's a nice thing if you could sing the Torah properly, and you can learn the Gemara properly with the Vice Nigan, et cetera, et cetera. That's all nice. But the Pasik is talking about who do not cooperate and don't respect one another. Sometimes it's an advantage. Amra Parnach. It's also important to know if you know how to sing or not. That's important too. Amra Parnach, Amra If you hold the Sefer Torah barehanded, 
In other words, you touch it without any cloth in between. Nikba Arab, he'll be buried naked also. Says Gemara, arm Can you say that? Below, uh, you know, what does that mean? That he's going to be buried naked without tachrich from anything. What, what kind of sense does that make? And is that such? Is that does the, does the punishment fit the crime? Ela Nikba Arum below mitzvahs. He'll be buried naked, meaning naked spiritually without any mitzvahs. More below mitzvahs, just because he touched the Torah without with his bare hand, he's not going to have any mitzvahs. El Omar Abaya, Nikba Arum below Osa mitzvah. He's going to be buried without that mitzvah. What do you mean without that mitzvah? Without that mitzvah, what? Without the mitzvah of not touching the Sefer Torah. Obviously, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't fulfill it. So, I mean, so Tosa says when he explains, my Rabusab Shib says, he says, Yesh uh, Mitzvah He didn't, he didn't fulfill that mitzvah. Well, obviously, because my Rabusab Shita Shein Lo Schar Kivin Shlo Osa Hamitzvah Kogam Kach Pir Shivah Below Osa Mitzvah She Osa Ba Osa Shah. The mitzvah that he was doing at that time, let's say he was reading the Torah. He's doing a mitzvah, but he grabbed it the wrong way. He's not going to have the mitzvah of treating the Torah properly or of reading properly. That's what it means that the mitzvah that he was doing at that time. He's called the Bishmei to Rabbiane Rabba. Interesting, right? He was the son of Rabbiane Saba. I guess he was named after his father. Mishmei to Rabbiani Rabbah, in the name of another Rabbiani, maybe another answer, is Mutav Tigola, the Tachzva Yigol, Sefer Torah. Better to roll the cover, the wrapping, <coughs> and don't roll the Sefer Torah. What do we mean by that? So, Asa Ashkenazim, even the Svartim today, don't have that situation. What do you mean? You take that cover and from the top and you throw it down, it's got two holes and you fit it in, right? That's, so, apparently, they didn't have that in those days. It wasn't like we had that. What they would do is, they had a Sefer Torah, and they have a, what are, what are the, what are the, um, what do the Yekis call that uh, that thing that they oh, wrap it around? Um, uh, the, 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 with a, with the wimple, 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 right? They wrap it around. You know, it's like you, you wrap it around the. Uh, so what they just they had a safer Torah, and how did they? they okay, the guy picked it up, the, and then the, the, the Golel, the guy who helped him, not not the real, not the idea, took a, a wrapping like a big sheet or something like that, and wrapped it around the, the Torah. That's how they did it. Maybe they tied it up afterwards, right? We have a better system today. Where, where it's tight. Yeah, yeah, they yeah, stuck it in. Yeah, but they that's how they that's how they close it, but they wrapped it around. It's like a wrapping, like a blanket around the whole thing. So he says what you should do is so roll that around the Torah and don't do this. Don't don't huh? Calyans do that. They put it behind the cloth. The whole Torah is like a, a, a like cloth thing that, that goes around around yeah. it. Yeah. So he says do it that way. Hold the Torah and wrap it wrap the around and don't. Don't put the, like lay the wrapping out on the ground on, on the, let's say on the table and then take the sefer Torah and roll that in in there. That's disrespectful. That's what he means to say that uh, that um, what you should do is mutaf roll the wrapping around the Torah. but don't roll the sefer Torah into the you know like like when you're cooking something, making a wrap or something. You don't roll the uh, sefer Torah into the wrapping. That's disrespectful. The yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Right. But here we're talking about when you roll it up to put it away. When yeah. you roll it to put it away. Monks? Is that monks? Yeah. 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 
Yes, so, oh, that's, oh, they, 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 so they do? I mean, it's like a big blanket. Enormous, yeah, yeah, okay. So here you go, so here you go. So they still have that today. In other words, they wrap like the windfall, like, the, you know, like they wrap it around and rather than, but don't, they don't put it down and then take the sacred Torah and wrap that into it. That's what he's saying, treat it respectfully. Obviously, a lot of this is common sense. That was the end of the Mishnah, right? He said, because it says, What do we mean by that? So Rashi, here Rashi points out, Moshe told that Israel the entire Torah. Why The holidays, he made a point of, of, of explaining, right? Of explaining them. He taught, taught them, right? Tell him that even though, of course, he told them the whole Sefer Torah. He read them the whole Sefer Torah. The whole Sefer Torah. But when it came to each Yontif, he repeated it to teach the halachas. Back in the Gemara. Moshe tikin lo Yisrael she sholim v'dorshim adyanu shalyom hilchos pesach the pesach hilchos atzeres atzeres hilchos chag b'chag. In other words, he made a takana. That's what he means to say by Yidaber Moshe es menayim Yisrael that Moshe made a point of teaching them that besides you've learned the whole Torah, but when it comes to Pesach, thirty days before Pesach or two weeks according to Shem and or the same thing uh, thirty days before Shavuos and before Sukkot. He's made a point of darshani, expounding, teaching all the halachas, so people should not be acquainted with halachas. Hamach b'nei yerveslika mesechtas Megillah. That ends Megillah, which is the 11th mesechet out of 40 that we have in our cycle. And Baruch Hashem and Emet Hashem. Tomorrow, we will start, we'll start Moe um, Kutten. But since we have a few minutes, let's uh, let's get a little head start here. It's a proper thing to do that we we uh, go into the next mesechet before we before, right into it, so we should always have a continuation, and we don't have a minion here anyway, I don't think, right? We are what six okay. here, we're six here, and oh. uh, we don't have minions, so we'll make the we'll make the uh the uh see them afterwards. All right, Mashkin Beisashloch, Moed Cotton, that's the next one, second to last Masechet in Moed. We have Moed Cotton and Hagiga left, two short Masechets. So, what is Moed Cotton? Moed Cotton is a lochus of Cholamoy. It would say, you could say Cholamoid, or it could have just said Moid. Usually Moid means Cholamoid. But Moid is the name of the entire Seder, Seder Moid. We started with Shabbos, and now we're going to end up with Moid Cotton, and the last one was Chagiga. So we call this Moid Cotton as to differentiate from the entire set. So what's the basic rule here? The basic rule on Cholamoid is, are you allowed to do work, or are you not allowed to do work? So technically, you shouldn't do work. You shouldn't do work. We'll see the Rashi. Rashi refers to Gemara and Chagiga which teaches us from a Pasuk that technically you're not supposed to do work. But on the other hand, maybe you could do work. The Pasuk seems to be contradictory. We're not sure. So therefore it was left up to the Chachamim to decide which work is forbidden, which work is not is, is permitted on Chalamoid. And the basic idea is if it's something that would cause a loss if you don't do it. Okay, so if let's say uh, if you have a Makola and you wait a week, the milk is going to go bad, that's going to cause a loss. You're allowed to sell the milk, things of that sort. However, so the, the, the basic rule is that what work is permitted on Cholamoid, the work that, that's going to cause, that if you don't do it, it's going to cause a loss. You just can't, you know, you got to do something or it's going to cause a loss or you got to take care of your animals or whatever. Otherwise, they're going to die or, you know, they'll, they'll explode, whatever, whatever will happen. That's the basic idea. However, even then, even though it's a double of it, the rabbis only permitted it 
if it didn't involve extra work. Yes, uh, what we call um, uh, what we call uh, yes, uh, a lot of bother. Now, a small amount is okay, but if it involves a lot of work, heavy work. They didn't allow that, even if it causes a loss. That's the basic idea of halamoy. So there's another thing that we're going to be dealing with this though is the mission says mashkin and you're allowed to irrigate a field to bring water to a base of is a field that needs irrigation that doesn't suffice with rain. You have to irrigate it. You're allowed to do that on halamoy because otherwise you'd have a loss. Uvishvias, shvias of course is shmita. What is shmita doing over here? Shmita is a different problem. Halamoy, the problem is there's an isra to do malacha unless it's a dover of something which is going to cause a loss. Okay, that's one rule. But then he says, Shemitah, now Shemitah, you're not allowed to deal with your, you know, we're in Shemitah right now. You're not supposed to, uh, you know, irrigate the fields. You're not supposed to treat the fields. You're not supposed to uh, water them, seed them, uh, har- you know, harvest. All that stuff is forbidden. So he says, but uh, but on Shemitah, you're allowed to do what's called maintenance, right? Maintenance. And we'll see in the Gemara, you're also allowed to do certain things which are only usher to So again, if there's, if you're gonna, if you're gonna have a, a severe loss, things that are also drabbanim, the rabbis permitted that. Only the things with the Torah specifically forbade. And we'll see that's uh, uh, on tomorrow in Shabbos about things like you know planting, harvesting, things of that sort. Those in which are specifically mentioned, those things are forbidden. Other things like watering the field, not so bad. If you have to water the field to maintain it, we call maintenance. You're not improving; you're just simply maintaining. As I said, what are we allowed to do in Shemitah now? You're allowed to maintain things that shouldn't go bad, but you shouldn't do anything to improve it. So that's why both things are mentioned in the Mishnah. That what, in the sense of Cholamoid, you're allowed to, because otherwise it would be a loss. And on Shemitah, whether it's a new spring that just came out, that's, that, that you've just introduced now into the field, or now, the, what, what do you mean a new one or an old one? A new one is a problem because if it's if you're you're you know you're uh, channeling it through the field and you know the it, it, it's it's a new one you know you got to build up the uh, furrows and the ridges on the side you might come to start fixing it etc there might be a lot of work so he says you're allowed to do both of them avalain mashkin but you can't water the field not from rainwater now obviously if it rains by itself and goes in the field you're not doing anything we're talking about rainwater which is stored and then you need some sort of a contraption to to water the field, that's too much work. That's too much work. So if you're just uh, you're just guiding a spring to go through the field, not so bad. But if you got to start schlepping water or using a contraption uh, of stored water, meakilum is like a stored area of water. That's what we mean. Like you have a, some sort of a contraption that brings up the water. They know some also don't make these. Ugius means like drills. They make ridges around. Uh, the vines to make the ridges around so that the water will get trapped in there. So you build a little, uh, a little uh, dirt ridges around. The, you don't do that either. That involves too much work. So it involves too much work. And on Shemitah, that's called improving things. And you don't improve things. You don't channel a, a new channel. You don't do that on a new channel of water. That's also too much work. And on Shemitah, you're improving things. You're allowed to. So they say that's not considered improving. That's just uh, maintenance. And it doesn't involve that much work in terms of Chalmoy. But again, remember, that Chalmoy, the issue is doing too much work. If, if it's, you're allowed to do the work, if it's if otherwise it would cause a loss. But if it's too much work, we disallow it. On Shemitah, 
the Yisra is improving things. Or if the Yisra is Del Raisa, like planting, that's clearly a Del Raisa, planting, harvesting. But if there's other Yisra, Masis only Rabbanan, and they permitted that if it's only made. So Metakin has some Moed. You could also fix things that are broken on Moed. Here we see Metakin has You're allowed to fix things that are broken, again, if it doesn't involve too much work, and you're allowed to fix the uh, the waterworks in Rishasarabim, like, uh, like uh, you know, water supplies for the seaboard, but some of you clean them out. You can fix the roads because things that are Tzarchi Rabim, you're allowed to do even on Chalamoy. That's the Rehobos in the streets. That's Mikvah The Mikvah doesn't call Tzarchi Rabim. And they also mark out the graves. So the Kornim shouldn't come to the Tumba. You know, they didn't have organized cemeteries like we do. So you have to mark them out. The Yotz and Afala climb. And you also send out, the Bezin sends out messengers to check the fields to make sure that climb isn't growing and to stop people from growing climb if they have any climb in their fields. All right, we'll stop here. We'll pick it up tomorrow, Mr. Shem. And it, uh, we'll see if we get a minion, we'll, we'll do the, uh, we'll get the, we'll do this, the Hadron and the Kaddish afterwards. Have a good day, everybody. Mazel tov, mazel tov. Beautiful, thank you.